So, you slept in. Hey, we're not judging. Sometimes you just need to get a little more sleep. And if you do need to snooze, we'd much rather you did that at home, in your warm, comfortable bed, than in our pews. Uh, You can always catch up with the sermon later, right here on this Sunday Morning Sleep In podcast. You'll still miss out on some stuff we think is pretty fun and pretty incredible, like the intergenerational community and support and encouragement that seeing your friends on Sunday morning gives you, some good music and charming children, and we won't be able to give you any cookies at cookie coffee hour. At cookie time. At cookie time. But we'll give you what we can. I'm Chris Marshall. And I'm Susan Foster. And we are United Methodist Pastors in Reno, Nevada. We're not theological experts or perfect preachers. We're your average pastors helping our congregations think through life's big questions every week. We started this podcast, so if you're away from home, working, coaching your kid's soccer team, or maybe just sleeping in, you can keep up with some of the ideas floating around the church. Every episode is a conversational version of a sermon that one of us gave on Sunday. So whatever day it is when you're listening to this, snuggle up in your favorite fuzzy onesie with a cup of coffee and whichever of the Apple AirPods you haven't lost yet tucked in your ear holes, and receive this with an open mind and an open heart. So a quick note about that open mind and open heart. We're serious about the open mind and open heart, and you don't have to agree with everything we say. In fact, we encourage you to question, to disagree, and to figure out what you think. But our sincere hope is that you will experience the mysterious loving force in the world we know as God moving in your life as you consider this. Well, on Sunday... We both preached the same scripture, but you preached more of it than I did. Yes. So we're that switching happens. positions. We know this can be confusing, friends, but I'm going to go first this week. Woohoo! And then Susan will follow up. Um, and we're both uh, preaching out of Matthew 15, which is Jesus talking to people about things <laughs> and then doing things. Yep. And and it's one of my very favorite scriptures. I like anytime Jesus like just cuts to the quick, like just cuts through all of the nonsense. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. parables for me, I understand why he uses parables. Yeah. And I much prefer when he's just like, just do it, y'all. Like right. this is what this looks like. Yeah. Um much prefer when he is direct. And so he is being very direct. Right. Well, um, and and he's and he's sort of like he refers to some of the parables he's been using, but kind of says Dude, this is what I'm trying to say. Right. And so, like, the gist of this pericope, which is your $10 word to use in Words with Friends. Does anybody still play that? Um, I don't know. Uh, to to win lots of points. points. Is just verses 10 to 20 of Matthew chapter 15. And he's telling people, the Pharisees have complained that his disciples didn't wash their hands before they ate. They didn't do and, it right. Yeah, they didn't do it right, which is, like, how they were supposed to do it. And Jesus is saying, it's, that's not what makes you unclean. <laughs> what makes you unclean is not what you put into your body. It's what comes out of you. It's what comes out of your mouth. It's what comes out of your actions. Like what you do is a truer, uh, measure. truer measure of Holy your run. holiness than what you consume. And so, uh, so we talked about that. So we talked about like, we all have those friends who think if they, do the right devotional and pray before their meals and mm-hmm. take their kids to Sunday school that like they have fulfilled their obligations of being a Christian. Right. Because it's all about putting the right things in your brain, mm-hmm. but you can put the right things in your brain and still be toxic. Yeah. And it's definitely true. Great example of that is Mandy Moore's character 
in what's that movie where she literally throws a Bible at someone and says, oh, I am oh, filled yeah. with the love, the love of God. God. Yes. What is that movie? <laughs> Oh my gosh, it's one of my very favorites. Saved. Saved Saved is a great example of this. You know, it's a movie about these kind of Christian hypocrites who say that they're loving and treat people like garbage. And um, and that's not who we're called to be. Right. Uh, The beauty about Saved is the person who uh, figures out how to be kind through all of it is is not somebody who claims scripture all the time with every breath and uh, somebody who just chooses to be kind. And so... Jesus is saying what comes out of your mouth gets its start in your heart. And that's the thing we're concerned about. I do love the line, you know, about how, it, you know, what goes in ends up in the sewer. Oh, yeah. Jesus, this gets really scatological if you want it to. It's, you know, what goes in your mouth. Not goes scatological, your... but scatological. Yeah. Scatological without an E on the beginning of it. Most people don't know the word eschatological, though. I know, but scatological, you have to know the word scat. The study of, <laughs> the study of poop, poop versus the study of the end of time. Exactly. The end of the age. So Jesus is basically saying, to get back to our point, that your actions um, show show where your heart is. Yeah. The way that my friend Jarrell Wilson mm-hmm. uh, talks about this is he says, show me your receipts. Mm. So when people say, I'm not a racist, he says, show me your receipts. What have you actually have you done? done? What have you said? Where have you been? To prove with your life right. that this is something that you actually care about. Because if it's something that you say that you care about and you don't do something about it, it's problematic. Yeah. Now, there are exceptions. You can care about a hundred things and only have time to deal with three. Right. And that's something different. But um, but if you say you care about something, then you actually need to back it up with right. some action. And so, uh, show me your receipts is, is uh, about actions being, you know... Actions speak louder than words yep. or ideas or intentions. Yep. The illustration that we did during children's time was I asked all the kids to gather around. I didn't have my microphone on. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, on the count of three, we're all going to think Jesus loves you at the rest of the congregation as loud as we can. We're going to think it. Okay. <laughs> so we're just thinking it. We're just going to think it as loud as we can. Jesus loves you. Ready? <laughs> One, two, three. And then the kids all like, made like constipation faces right <laughs> at the congregation and i turned to the congregation and said did you get it and they they were like what are we supposed to have gotten like, <laughs> like just kind of panic faces and i was like okay well, let's try it again and I, I still had my microphone on and i said okay we're all gonna think jesus loves you as loud as we can yeah. on the count of three and then we turned to the congregation and you know one two three and the congregation said jesus loves you and i said now did you know that because we were thinking it or did you know that because i left my microphone on and they said, it's because you're a microphone. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, so you can think all the right things, things. But sometimes you actually have to speak up or step out to do something about it. So um, so one of the things that we were talking about then was I used a video of Cheska Lee, which I will put on the website okay, in a link, um, talking about what does it mean to be an ally mm-hmm. and how do we do that well? Yeah. How do we make the stuff that comes out of our mouth the stuff that needs to come out of the mouth? Right. So an ally is just somebody who wants to fight for the rights of a marginalized group that they are not a part of. Okay. So if you are fighting against racism in the school system Mm -hmm. and you are white, you are probably an ally. Right. If you are standing up for LGBTQ rights and you are not and you're like a heteronormative, cisgendered, straight person, you are probably an ally, right? Right. 
An ally is just somebody who wants to stand up for somebody else who's on the margins, which is something Jesus did all the time, did all the time and calls us to do all the time. Um, It's sort of like the image that Jessica Lee uses is building a house. Mm -hmm. Like we need lots of help building the house, even if you're not in charge of the project. Right. So people who are allies, I'm going to use white allies as an example, people who are white allies we want to show up and help build the house, swing a hammer where we can, but that doesn't mean that we take over the project. We <laughs> Which allow... is a really hard thing for folks to learn. Yeah, and it means we allow the people who are part of the marginalized group to have their voices be the loudest in how we address their own marginalization. Yep. Um, so we still need your help building the house. We're just not going to give you the whistle. Right? <laughs> so... So, she, so we started five steps for understanding privilege. And what was really interesting was, as I was like looking at in the congregation, most of my people n- knew some of these to, to some extent. Yeah. Um, a couple of them surprised them. Mm. But the people of color in the congregation and the people who were LGBTQ in mm-hmm. the congregation were like fiercely yep. nodding the whole time as if to show the congregation like, yes, what she is saying makes sense. Yes, what she is saying is need, you need to hear. So that, that was affirming for me. The first step is... To understand our privilege. Oof. Right? Yep. Um, privilege is one of those words that people get a little sassy about. Like, White people have... particularly. Like, I don't have privilege. <laughs> so here's um, here's what you need to understand about privilege. Having privilege doesn't mean that your life has been easy. Nope. It just means that there are certain experiences you haven't had mm-hmm. by virtue of your identity yep. that you have no control over. Right. So... You can have been, you know, raised in a really low-income household, but you still don't know what it's like to have skin that is a different color. It's true. And so you can't not believe somebody else's experience who has skin a different color just because you grew up poor. Like, that, that doesn't even make sense. And so understanding privilege means that you have had the option not to experience certain kinds of discrimination. Yep. And that's not a bad thing. That's a great thing. We want everyone to have privilege. <laughs> we want everyone to not experience That's discrimination. Be. That's where we want to be. But sometimes those places where other people experience discrimination, we have blind spots on mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because we don't even know that we don't know that. Right. So, for example, I used um, my beloved roommate, Zarina, as an example. Mm-hmm. Um, when she was Hi, Zarina. In- Hi, Zarina. I don't know that she listens. Her mom might listen. Hi, Zarina's mom. Hi. Um, <laughs> Uh, when she was living with me in Reno, she um, she was dating men. And then she moved to Arizona and she fell in love with a woman. And she went to HR to report their relationship because they both worked at the same place. And Arizona is not a state that protects your employment status yeah. for your sexuality. Right. And so she and her girlfriend were both basically immediately fired. Mm. And... You know, that, that it blew her mind that that was something that could happen mm-hmm. because one, she'd lived with me. <laughs> so she knew that there were certain things that we were fighting for, but, you know, but it didn't occur to her that that was mm-hmm. a, a kind of discrimination that she would face because for most of her adult life, she had been straight and it hadn't been an issue. Yep. Um, there are 20 states where you can still be fired for being gay. And that's, you know, that's privilege that, that I have. Yep. Is that I will never be fired for my sexuality. I will never be fired for my race. Might be fired for my gender. Yep. You know, but that's... But so that's we still all, some significant you, you privilege. You can have privilege in some areas and not have privilege in others. 
the idea is to be aware of the things that you might not be aware of, right? And when other people tell you their story, believe them, Mm -hmm. believe them. So that's the first thing, understand your privilege. The second thing is listen and do your homework. So listen. Don't run in like a bull in a china shop. Right. Listen and do your homework. So if you have questions about things, Mm -hmm. please, please do not make your one person of color friend or your one gay friend answer all your questions. Right. Um, There are other resources. There's this thing called Google. Really? And you can look up a lot of your questions on Google and find answers from reputable sources Mm -hmm. without making your friends constantly have to defend their position or their experiences or explain that it's exhausting. Right. It's, it's exhausting. exhausting. So, so listen and do your homework. There are ways, even if you don't have a lot of people of color who live around you, even if you don't know a lot of people who are gay or who are transgender yeah. or whatever, yeah. like that's what social media is for. Right. Go make friends, go make friends. <laughs> go make friends and listen to other people's experiences and then do your homework, find out what it means, what they're talking about. Um, so that, Again, you can understand your privilege and also understand their experiences. So the third thing is to speak up mm-hmm. and not to speak over. Yes. To speak up and not to speak over means that when you are an ally, you are not the lead singer. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, a backup are, player. you're a backup singer. You are not Beyonce. <laughs> and you're not even Kelly. You're Michelle. <laughs> you're in the back. You're dancing. You're mm-hmm. singing support vocals, but you are never going to be the lead singer. Uh, it's not about your voice being amplified. It's about amplifying other voices. So certainly be educated and educate others. There are some people that that only you can speak to, right? Which is what the speak up part is about. There yeah. are things that I can say to my friends by virtue of who I am and because we have a relationship mm-hmm. that people in these marginalized groups cannot right. say or cannot be heard when they say. So, so know to speak up, but don't speak over. Um, don't interrupt and don't take credit for things that they have been saying for a long time as if you invented them. Right. Right. Give credit where credit Credit is due due. and speak to the people that you can speak to about what's going on. Those are not necessarily going to be comfortable conversations for you. Nope. But, uh, it's where you can make an impact and maybe other people can't. Okay. The fourth thing is you will make mistakes (gasps) mistakes <gasps> no you it's just gonna happen yep um don't let the possibility of yourself making mistakes keep you from taking action yep show up make the mistakes and then learn how to apologize yes and apologizing doesn't actually have to be this huge painful horrible thing um what i told my folks is what's important about apologies is that it's not about your intention And in fact, when somebody tells you, you have hurt me in this way by doing this one thing, Mm -hmm. because this was your impact on Mm -hmm. me, it doesn't help to say, well, my intention was. Right. Your intention at that point doesn't matter. What matters is your impact. Right. So impact outweighs intention every time. Right. And so it's okay to say, I understand that this action that I took created this impact, and I am sorry for that. And I plan to make this change. And here is how I will address it. Yes, exactly. It's actually so much easier than we make it in our heads. Um, well, and it, when we do that, when we actually own own our stuff uh-huh. and then make the changes. That builds a stronger relationship. That builds a stronger relationship. And that's actually a real apology. To that's, say, oh, sorry, yeah. does nothing. 
No, you need to and be able to say, hurt. here is what I have just learned. You can even thank them. Thank you for telling me that. I had no idea. That was one of my blind spots. Thank you for telling me that. I'm sorry I had this impact. Here is what I will do to address it. It's just that easy. Yeah. It doesn't have to be a super long, drawn out thing. It can just be... It can just be an apology because we're going to make mistakes Mm -hmm. because of our blind spots. We're going to make mistakes. Yeah. So just learn how to apologize and learn how to create, how to create a stronger relationship out of conflict rather than letting it divide you. So there's that. And the last thing was ally is a verb. It's an action. It is an action word. Um, It means showing up. It means doing the work. Uh, You cannot call yourself an ally. And just say, I'm an ally. Like you actually have to do some work yeah. um, to make that happen because your intentions might be really loud. Mm-hmm. But what matters is your impact. Yeah. And so um, show me your receipts. Yeah. Show me what you've been doing. Show me what you've been saying. Show me how you've been working and organizing mm-hmm. um, if you want to actually stand up for folks. Uh, this is something that I think is helpful too. This is not going to be comfortable work. No. Having a meaningful life is inherently stressful because having a meaningful life means that you care about people and things. And the more people and things that you care about, the more you are going to be vulnerable to Mm -hmm. losing them, seeing harm done, all of those other things, right? So having a meaningful life is inherently stressful. Learn how to manage your own stress, your own anxiety and reactions So that when you walk into the room, it's not about you. Right. Part of being Christians is being so deeply founded in who we are as people of God and as beloved children of God that we can manage. We have some emotional resiliency and we can manage that stress without walking into the room and saying, I know you've all experienced racism, but let me tell you how I'm feeling right now. (laughs) It doesn't matter. Uh, How frustrating that is to to be the person, you know, to be in that room and hear that, even if even if you're the ally, you know, yeah. the allies in the room, to yeah. hear the other allies go, and you go, oh, oh my gosh, there's, right? there's so this is really great article. Significant work. Yeah, I'm gonna try and find it about white women's tears. Mm. That you know, there was a moment in a classroom setting, I think, where uh, where somebody called out a white woman on co-opting the relationship or saying something that was kind of damaging, and they cried. And instead of apologizing and moving on or learning to be quiet and listen to other oh. people's experiences. The white woman started crying and the entire class shifted to care for the white woman. Right. And it's like, okay, you know, that's not helpful. Yeah. Yeah. The meat of the conversation is actually what we need to be getting at and not whether or not you feel comfortable with that. So a meaningful life is inherently stressful. Doing this work is going to be a little bit stressful. I encourage you to find ways to manage that stress so that you can be present and have some good receipts to show. Right. So that was the, that was the sermon on Sunday. Here's how, here's how we do this work together and, um, and encouraging people to find ways to do the work. And this comes, this came this Sunday after we were with Bethel AME at their revival for their 110th yep. anniversary. And so the sermon that I preached there is very different um, from this yeah. sermon because we needed to hear different things. <laughs> One of the things I'm reflecting on, because I was there to hear Chris's sermon at, at, at Bethel, <laughs> and, and is that, that she showed up with her receipts. Not, not intentionally. When Chris started her sermon, she says, this is who I am. Like, and owned, owned, owned the stuff around who she was in that place. Yeah. And didn't apologize <laughs> and for didn't it. And didn't apologize for it. Here's, and people really, that was a really powerful thing. To do. To do, because it put, it put you in the, it, it allowed 
it, it puts your your stuff in perspective. Right. And, yeah. You know, and they knew you were thinking about it. That's what I guess what I'm trying to get at is that they knew that you weren't coming in thinking you had all the answers. Yeah, exactly. Right. It so. was here. Here I am, this paltry white girl. Yeah. <laughs> like I, you know, I am. I am not ashamed of who I am. However, however, I recognize that my experiences have been different than yours, and yeah. that's uh, something that I'm aware of. Yeah. 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 So. so thank you, Susan. That anyway. was. That's also very affirming. I'm going to write that in my diary tonight. Aww. Um, yeah, so that was the sermon on Sunday. It was a very like, practical how-to kind of thing. And um, so it's stuff that we all need to hear and need to be refreshed on from time to time. Highly recommend Cheska Lee. Very engaging educator. How do you spell that? Cheska is, I'll put it in the link, but it's um, C-H-E-S-C-A. Okay. L-E-I-G-H. Okay. Cheska Lee. Cheska Lee. Uh, and she does a lot of um, educational videos. You can find them on YouTube. Fabulous. Um, and they're all, you know, three or four minutes long. And it's like, let me explain racism. Let me explain systemic racism. Let me explain privilege. Um, let me explain that she has a five-minute video on how to apologize, <laughs> which is incredibly powerful. People need that. Yeah, People we need, need help. And she's... In all, and it's not just around these issues. People need that in their own everyday life. In everyday lives, it's very engaging stuff. I encourage you to check out her stuff if you want to know more. That's one of those places where you can do number two, listen and do your homework. Yeah. So there's that. Thanks for listening to the Sunday Morning Sleep In podcast. If you have questions for us or perhaps you have something to share with us that relates to these topics we've been discussing today, shoot us an email at sundaymorningsleepin at gmail.com or find us at sundaymorningsleepin.com or for Sunday Morning Sleep In on Facebook. Um, and you can find this podcast in a whole bunch of places. Just search for Sunday Morning Sleeping. The scripture for this podcast was Matthew 15, 10 to 20. The theme music you're hearing is Take Me Higher by Jazzer. It's traditional at the end of a worship service for the priest to deliver a blessing to the congregation. Just some words that make everybody a little bit shinier and holier. But here's the deal. We don't have any magic words. You have been blessed. The God of all creation who invented... Oh my gosh, just wonderful things. The beautiful Lake Tahoe where I spent the last week and chocolate Mm. and best friends. That God thought the world needed one of you too. So the question is, whatever you believe, how will you choose to live into your own skin this week? How will you love? How will you listen? How will you serve? How will you seek justice? Maybe you slept in, but now it's time to wake up and get moving. Amen.